Hi, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II. Appreciate you spending time with us as always. We always know you could have other things to do, but when you take the time to be with us, uh, we always want to make it worth your while. And today we're going to make it worth our worth our while and yours. Uh, Chad Faust is with us. Uh, Chad is going to be talking to us uh, about a new film called Girl. Uh, and, uh, and Chad, this is a film, you, you've got your fingerprints on this just a little bit. You are... <laughs> writer director and you're starring in this you're producing as well is that correct i'm not a producer on it no i i, I drew the line <laughs> but i got everything else right writer director and starring in this as well <laughs> yeah it's true I, I did actually produce a few of the songs in the soundtrack actually i don't know if that counts <laughs> yeah it counts it absolutely counts. well we'll check uh, before we dive into uh, a lot about this movie, Girl, I'd love to get some background on how you got involved uh, in, in filmmaking, where that love came from, and, and why is it that you felt like this is something you wanted to do? Yeah, you know, honestly, I was, uh, as a teenager, in so, getting into so much trouble doing stupid things, and it was that thing where you knew you had to affect the world in some way, and it was either I was going to destroy things or create things, and thankfully, I made that transition from destruction to creation, and um, uh, I was so fortunate, in my high school had this great career preparation program called Video Arts, and at age 15, I just started making movies, you know, and then uh, off it went, and I, I just, I think the power of a story is... I almost fell out of it for a while. I wanted to go into journalism because I thought I could do better, more good with that. And, um, and then I discovered that, like, you know, I think sometimes the greatest way to change people's hearts is through um, through uh, taking them on a, you know, an emotional story. You know, um, a friend of mine when I was growing up got freedom tattooed on his arm after watching Braveheart, you know, and it spoke to him so greatly that he just like maimed his arm. But it, it you know, I, I, I wanted to affect people in that same way. I think the power of story, as you you mentioned, is so important because there's so many things that we can provide to people through the power of story. I've, I've always talked to uh, to friends and uh, family, and when I think back about those family narratives, so many of them are connected to to stories, and I, I appreciate you you sharing that. Are there stories that uh, have have resonated with you over the years that have um, that have provided you this kind of background for creating uh, on your own. You know, I, I think if anything, it's the story of stories that really grabs me is how powerful they are. And like I was I was in Russia like two years three three years ago, and I, I did like the Trans Siberian Railway trip from St. Petersburg to Vladivostok, and met so many interesting people along the way. And, and I was so taken by how profound the story of World War II is still in that country, to the point where other passengers on the train would talk to me about it with tears in their eyes about how proud they were of their own country's heroism, like, like, like in their grandfather's generation, you know, I was just shocked. And like, this is still like pulsing through that country. And, and like, what if they had discovered that it was all, you know, not true, you know? And that was sort of the thing I was most fascinated by is like, we can build our whole lives on a narrative. And then one day you discover that, oh my God, it's not, it's not a true story. It's actually made up. And it's actually almost the opposite of what I thought. And I've been fighting for the wrong, uh, with, with, for passion for the wrong narrative, you know, and I, I've had those moments in my own life when I woke up, my, you know, my philosophies got completely challenged and reversed. And then you, you're lost for a moment and then you kind of get humbled and therefore have compassion for the people. And I think it's a good thing to happen that happens to us when we, when we need our stories. You know? Yeah. 
and and uh, let's let's dive into the film Girl. Uh, mm. That is a film about family stories. It's about mm. uh, revisiting a past that maybe you know you're uncovering some things. Uh, you know, as you, as you were just talking about those uh, elements of the stories of the past may not be exactly what you think they were or what remember. That's exactly what's happening in in this film Girl. Somebody that goes back to a hometown, hasn't been there since what she was six years old and, and she's a, a young adult now or, and, and trying to uncover some secrets and really reconfront a past that she thought she knew, but she discovers something a little different uh, along the way. Where did the idea for this story of a family of revenge, of greed, and trying to uncover those secrets of the past come from? Yeah, I mean, part of it was, you know, I think my, my parents divorced right after I was And I always felt like I had to choose between them, you know? And I wanted to sort of take that, that psychology, I guess that emotional, that emotional tear and physicalize it into a, a more, you know, um, story of the world, you know? And so this, this woman was obviously had been believing one of her parents' uh, story. And, and, and then starts to get torn or torn between them. And I think a lot of us, especially, to, you know, I think we're all, we're all sort of in this binary choice between our father or our mother on some level. And hopefully there's a third choice that emerges that is authentically you. And I think that, you know, the story ultimately then is the story of identity, you know, like who am I if I'm not left or right, you know, where does that put me, you know? So, and that's something that really grabbed me and that actually drove every visual choice. It's like who, that's why I did so many reflection shots and stuff. Like in the opening shot is her own reflection and she looks out onto the world, you see her, her face and it's like, who am I in this world? Absolutely loved that. And, and I loved uh, a lot of different aspects uh, of this film. I loved the locations. We'll get to talk a little bit about the locations uh, in a little bit, um, the cinematography, the choices in those particular shots, like that opening shot uh, you were talking about, the editing, Really, in so many ways, I've always felt that editing is kind of the unsung hero of so many stories and so many films. And, and all of that really connected and clicked here, as well as the action sequences with uh, with Bella Thorne. I want to mention Bella Thorne uh, as well, Mickey Rourke and yourself, uh, all three uh, starring in this. Um, you know, I, I was taken by uh, Bella's character going and finding this town that she thought she knew what it was like, and it was a ghost town. And I think, to me, that resonated because she was living with these ghosts of the past that she didn't really quite understand, and yet she's in this town trying to explore, how do I move forward, and, and where do I go from here? I, I know the choice I want to make, but I also know if I make that choice, it will change everything from this point on. Uh, Starring in, in a film that you have written and you're directing, that's got to be a challenge. You, you were talking earlier about Mel Gibson and Braveheart. He did it in Braveheart. That's true, yeah. And uh, it is, uh, it's got to be an incredible challenge to do all three of the things. And talk a little bit about that, if you would, about wearing those multiple hats for this and why you chose to do that. Yeah, um, uh, so many things you said there I would love to talk about. But uh, um, your, last, your last point. Uh, yeah, you know, part of that was, um, you know, one, you know, that character I think could have been, could have been easily 
become one thing. You know, you could have just been the, the sort of villain character or the, you know, the um, sort of likable, you know, screw up. Um, and I really wanted him to be this wild cocktail of mercuriality and, and, you know, to never quite know where he's coming from. And even like, hopefully maybe even like uh, have mixed feelings when, you know, when you're about, uh, you know, when things sort of turn dark, you know, and um, uh, so, you know, and also, you know, I wanted to be able to, I love being able to direct from inside the scene. It's, for me, it's so natural after, you know, I get to be in the fabric and the DNA of the piece and sort of guiding things on a, on a, on a rhythmic level. For me, it's, it's so natural. Uh, I, a lot of other actor directors I know, it's, it's, it's just not how they're made. It's not something that they would ever want to do. But I think there's some like, you know, some like Ben Affleck, I think, you know, he's a better actor when he directs, you know, and um, I think he's a, he's a better director when he acts, you know, and I think there's the two, you know, uh, John Patrick Shanley has this great quote. He said, acting is writing, is directing, is living your life. Yeah. And I, I've always kind of lived by that. Like, it's not that different for me. It's like, I'm in the story one way or another. And, um, I, I'd be thinking the same way if I was a production designer or an, uh, an editor, you know, it's, it's all the same world. And um, so for me, it's, it's, it's so fluid. It's natural. You know? Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the crew that did help bring this together. And, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I mentioned the editing uh, and the camera choices and locations. Give some shout outs, if you would, to some of those behind the scenes that well don't sit through the credits and i do every single time <laughs> it's the same thing because it's so important yes oh man i th this film should have failed terribly we were a non-union film in canada where the crews were so limited it was only because I, I i just would i would die at every corner just to make sure we found the right people and i was so lucky to find the cinematographer christopher bennell who i took you know a risk on he had never made a film before and i don't even know if he had done short films he was a commercial yeah he was a commercial guy but one of the one of the top and he was like i don't know 30 years old wow and i'd only been shooting for like five years and and i i was looking at i probably looked at a hundred reels wow. and we could only get a non-union guy in ontario I was like, you got, um, I'm like, there was like six of them. And, and I just saw something in his, in his work. And I, and I just, I took a risk. I just knew I had to go with him. And I, I, he was the best, one of the best choices I made. He's, he's a beast on his feet. Like most of those were like 10 minutes set up because we only had 15 days to shoot. Wow. And he became a, a collaborator, you know, hopefully for life. And um, he's just a solid guy. And, you know, we, we actually had different visions for the movie, which was at first I was like, oh, no, he wants to like, I want to do this to be much rougher and raw and more handheld and chaotic. And he's like, no, let's let's put this on sticks more, you know, and let's like, let's let, let, let's let the, you know, the, the handheld shots have more uh, contradiction, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be they'll stand out more if it's not happening all the time, you know, and, um, and he pushed back for like a you know, a first timer. I was like, God, you got some, you got some cojones, brother. Let's do it. Um, so he was a great collaborator and, you know, challenged me a lot, which was so useful. Um, and then, and then the editor also, I think it was her second feature, oh. uh, Gloria Tong, who again, like I just, the thing I liked about her is her reel was just very classically edited, which I, I prefer, like, I don't like it. I don't want to feel the editing. I want to, I want to feel the characters. Right. right. Uh, and yeah. And she had that going on really, really well. And then when I met her, she just like, as she was talking about the script, she had like tears in her eyes. I was like, I told her, I said, first of all, you're hired. Secondly, I want, I want you to edit the movie 
the way you just described it to me. I want you to edit with this feeling in mind because you get the movie. And I, I had worked on this movie called Billionaire Boys Club. You know, it was like Kevin's is before Kevin Spacey kind of everything happened, you know, with him. Um, and it was his last kind of movie. You know, anyways, we we were in the editing room for a year on it. I, I, I was I brought I was brought in in post-production to kind of re-edit the movie and and write all the reshoots and stuff and it was just it just the movie was never going to really work but through that process i worked with like award uh, academy award-winning editors and we we're all everyone was we were just trying to fix the movie and nobody could fix it wow. except the one person who started to fix certain scenes the, the movie i think just the spine was broken but this one this one woman uh, uh assistant director sorry assistant editor uh we gave her a couple of scenes and she actually liked the movie you know, where no one else really did. And yeah. she liked it. And so that's why she was able to crack certain scenes. And it's like, oh, I, I learned something there. You, your editor has to love the movie. Mm-hmm. And and I loved how she read the script. And so that was sort of what, where where that decision came from. And, you know, and also just being like, uh, you know, it was a female story and, yeah. you know, I was me and, you know, and mostly male producers, it's just where, where it landed. I needed, I needed that, um, female mind yeah and female creativity and understanding um to be you know obviously obviously like as you, as you said like films are born or or or, or killed mm-hmm. in um in the editing room and i think uh, gloria is a big reason why this movie works yeah it really does work and, and you talk about being a, a movie about uh, a woman in search of something and talk about the casting uh, and bella bella thorne um what an am- amazing talent and this particular role really did work for her it felt like it was almost written for her because she was dynamic uh in in so many of the scenes so i was really impressed mm-hmm. with that as well yeah she um yeah from the moment we met i just knew that i, I it, it was going to change the way i made the movie mm-hmm. you know i had always imagined you know like Elle fanning or somebody like this and, and that would have been a, a creation of the or rather an unveiling of one's you know soul which is what we did here is we really kind of bared who bella you know is inside of her heart you know i mean she's got this very unique public persona but when you hang out with her you realize this is more who she is you know she's uh she's wrestling with some a big a big um a big calling you know and she's also wrestling with her history to to answer it and i i really was grabbed by her 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 courage her honesty about it, the whole thing and so and, and that's actually what brought me to wanting mickey for because i think mickey lives on a very big canvas as well and is wrestling a lot of you know internal struggles and because of that i just wanted to bring these people to it and um it changed the way i did everything you know i just it was less stylized it was more stripped and raw and um you know getting into these 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 who these people were well, you, you mentioned the word raw, and that was exactly what came to mind for me as I was watching the film Girl, is it was, it was raw and it was authentic. And, and that is a difficult thing, I think, to do, uh, especially when you talk about only having a short schedule, 15 days to shoot this. Uh, how much time did you have in prep with, with the cast before then? Yeah, well, with Mickey, I had zero. In fact, I couldn't even get on a phone call with him before. Um, uh, but with Bella, we had actually known each other for about four years at this point. It, it, you know, I'd met her with when the movie was in a different incarnation, and then um, 
uh, once we I teamed up with these producers, I, you know, I found her again. So, you know, with her, we had a lot of, a lot of conversations and actually that was where most of our preparation is, you know, 15 day shoot. You just didn't have, I didn't have time to make a lot of adjustments, you know, it was like two takes and move on and moving wow. on. So um, a lot of it was just kind of empowering her to bring who she was and, and like giving her the authority. And one of the things that I was quickly realized it was humbling is that she knew the character more than I did. And wow. so um, I kept giving her that, you know, just like, look, I, I know this story, but you know, this person, yeah. you know, and uh, let's come at it from those two places. And because of that, we'll be stronger, you know? So we trusted each other in that way. Yeah. Well, there, there were two quotes that really stood out to me. And, and the one that does go back to family and it says, you are what you are ancestry. And, yeah. but that, yeah. But that, but that does not determine where you're going to go, but it is part of you. It is part of the roots that you have and that background that you have, but you do have choices to make along the way. And there was another quote that, uh, that kind of tied into it that, uh, you know, the only, this is a revenge story uh, in, in, in certain ways. And uh, the quote was the only good revenge is living a good life. And to me, those two, work well together you know you could take out the revenge part of it but the choice of living a good life is something that i think is very strong and resonated with this because that is a decision and a choice that has to be made by uh, by the lead character played by bella but i think everybody has the choice to make and not all of them make good choices in this film <laughs> yes exactly and i think i think you nailed it you know and it, i think we, I think choice is what we are, you know, we are choice creatures, you know, we either, uh, you know, and if we, if we choose not to choose, that's, you know, we're still choosing. So um, I think that's, you know, any, I think any, most writers, I think have to wrestle with the fact that yeah, I, have to, I have to put my characters into, into moments of choice. It's how we define who we are. And so I was almost embracing that philosophy on, on screen rather than like, you know, behind it. So um, yeah, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah, this, uh, this film uh, is, is one that I think anybody who uh, is drawn to tales of family, uh, tales of challenges, and, and, and tales of looking for what is in the past that doesn't have to define me, I think all of those things can kind of resonate with this. Uh, I know we're, we're close to running out of time, but I want to make sure that you have a chance to, to share any other thoughts about Girl that you want to uh, before we wrap up. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's, it's exciting that it's, you know, coming out. It's obviously coming out in a very strange year, but I mean, also, also hopefully a year where it actually, I think has some thematic relevance. I mean, I was very inspired by the American so films, the 1970s, where people were, were wrestling with this, you know, the, 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 what felt like a lot of mistruths, you know, and those films really, really speak to me. And I, I was sort of paying homage to them with this film. And suddenly we seem to be repeating history. We don't know what's true anymore. We're living in the age of misinformation once again, but like on steroids with, with the internet. So it's, it's such a, I think this woman is wrestling with her own narrative and going is, you know, what is, what is true? What is fake? What is, what, who do I believe? Do I believe this person or that person? And, um, you know, so I, I think in some strange way, it's, uh, uh, even though I wrote this, I think like 10 years ago, wow. uh, it's, I think become wildly relevant in the year that it's coming out. Yeah. I, I did feel like this was a throwback to those revenge action thrillers of the seventies. Mm -hmm. And I even wrote that down. So it's interesting mm -hmm. to bring that up because, 
uh, where I live, there's an independent filmmaker who was known for doing these kinds of action revenge films called Earl Owensby, independent filmmaker, and uh, got to bring James Cameron to this area. But uh, as I was watching it, I could not help but think about those types of films and those types of stories. And what's amazing to me is they still speak volumes. They speak volumes. There are these stories that, that, um, that you can't silence because there is so much authenticity in them. Um, you can go next door and bump into somebody who has gone through similarities of what we've seen uh, within this particular story. So, so thanks for bringing yes. this story to life. Um, ah, thank you. And thanks for, um, for, for allowing us to experience it. And man, you've got an amazing future ahead of you. Uh, writing, ah. uh, and, uh, and start thanks, Noel. I'm really excited to see what you've got down the road. And uh, I do want to ask one quick question. <clears throat> days where was this shot uh was it was it ontario yeah it was in sudbury ontario which is about like four hours north of toronto okay um great great locations and the, the ghost town tell me about this little ghost town that it was shot in yeah well oh gosh that was the hardest thing about this film is that i got i heard northern ontario and i thought oh it's gonna be like my, the time i spent in you know up in the arctic circle and like these small broken towns that are like fighting the snow and all the woods rotten it's like oh it's gonna be perfect and i got there and and the sudburyans had way more self-respect than i anticipated uh there the, the, especially like like there's rural uh sorry urban decay but as soon as you went rural it was like people had just great respect for their for their homes and i was like yeah uh, you know i almost switched it and made it more of like a pennsylvania steel town like deer hunter or something like this but yeah. it just it just didn't quite work like mickey rourke i just i loved the idea of him being a more of a rural sheriff and i just for so many reasons i had to keep it the way it was and i had these amazing uh production designer uh, alexis debad and art director dave morris who just worked tirelessly to make that ghost town what it was and the town actually uh where we shot the the main street was this place called capriol and i mean it's like it was tough though because canada loves like potted hanging potted plants yeah they love little they love sidewalks you know and i was like i just need a town without sidewalks i want gravel on the side of the road like i don't like there's there's no chamber of commerce in this movie you know <laughs> like there's just can't you know so we had to go in there with like chunks of gravel and like hide all the parking lines and take all the plots down and like uh put board up windows and oh yeah you know, we did a lot to make that what it was. It's a very nice, you know, Canada is, is a very nice country. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You know, that opening or that scene where, uh, where Mickey and Bella first meet, mm. she's just walking and it looks like this kind of path and he drives by and is like, wow, there's no road there. There's no road there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is? That's, uh, that's a ski chalet in the background that we turned into a church. Awesome. And if you, if you flip the world around, you would see these, like, um, uh, uh, what do you call them? Chairlifts going up the mountain. So <laughs> he's actually driving at the base of a ski hill. <laughs> that's how creative we had to get to make it work. Well, it really worked. And uh, congrats to everybody who was involved. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm truly impressed. And uh, you even become more impressed when you realize the the tight schedule that you had to pull something like this off. Because mm. uh, to make any movie work, it takes time, talent, and a heck of a lot of good luck. <laughs> sure does, man. Sure uh, does. Congrats, yeah. Chad. Fowl. Thank you so much, Noel. Appreciate right it. Right here, see the movies. The film is Girl, and you can check it out now. And Chad, if anybody wanted to follow your work, what's the best way they could do that? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I'm on I'm on uh, Instagram. It's like at Chad Fausty Faust. Um, that's where and I'm kind of starting to release things now. And uh, I'm starting to put together my next film right now. It's called Ballistic, and it's about a uh, a father who works at an ammunition manufacturing company who finds out he made the bullet that killed his son. Wow. So it's a it's a wild wild story and based on a lot of true evidence that like 33 percent of the um the lead that comes back in our soldiers is american made Man. and it's sort of it's not necessarily like a political story but it's really just about how we put things into the world and everything comes back nothing goes to outer space you know and yeah. so it's uh it's uh, yeah that's the, that people can keep an eye out for that one coming coming down the road awesome chad thanks for your time and good to see you nice to meet you thanks noel yeah likewise mate yeah god bless you brother thank you healthy until next time, I'm Noel Manning for Meet Me at the Movies. And for this week, that's a wrap. Thanks, man. Thanks, Noel. Take care of yourself, buddy.